Um, can I get an amen for live events? Like sister friends. Wow. I mean, I don't even know what to say except for wow. Just got home yesterday from a three-day totally immersive experience at HPX Live, which is Brendan Burchard's incredible event that he does once a year where really you learn about high-performance activities, how to have a high-performance life. And we talked about legit everything from mindset strategy transformation to creating energy in your day-to-day to relationships Um, He did live Q&A with the audience that was just so in-depth and I I don't even know how to explain it. Like, have you guys ever gotten home from an event and your spouse is like, so like, how was that event? And you're like, amazing. Like, oh my gosh. And they just stare at you. Yeah, it was like that. (laughs) My husband was like, I don't even know how to tell people. Oh, and by the way, I brought my bae with me, Brad. So he was with me, which was the first time we've ever been at a personal development conference together, which I think is part of the reason maybe why it stuck out to me as such an incredible, beautiful memory that I know I'll never forget. And um, just being able to experience those aha moments and those breakthroughs with my husband by my side was like my dream come true because hello, like. Enneagram 3, overachiever, personal development junkie up in here. And I love that stuff. And I love my husband. And so pair it all together with one of my favorite cities by the ocean. Amen. Let's go. So today we're going to dig into the biggest truth bombs, the most incredible takeaways that I received through this event so you can apply them to your life, business, and relationships. This one might be a little long, but I promise you it's going to be super worth it. So get some caffeine. Grab your notebook and pen. Let's go. Welcome back to the Mompreneur Mastermind Show, where we choose to run insanely successful passive income businesses that light us up while consuming iced coffee, braless and flawless, and maybe breaking it down to some gangster rap while our kids aren't looking. (laughs) Did we just become best friends? Yes, yes we did. Hey, I'm Stephanie Gass, six-figure corporate exec turned top 1% network marketer turned podcaster. I believe when we let God light our path, we experience true miracles. Welcome, sister. Let's get pumped up for today's show. Now, this is a really hard episode to record for you guys because I took, and I do not exaggerate when I say, 28 pages of notes in the like 11 by 8 inch huge notebook with tiny lined line pages that he gave us at the event. I took so many notes, more notes than I've ever taken at an event in my life, and I'm really trying to pare down the stuff that was most impactful for me. On the plane ride home for, it was an hour and a half, I sat there and I was like starring things that were so amazing and things that I knew for me was like, oh my gosh, I never want to forget that. Or I never want to forget the way that made me feel when he said that or blah, 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 blah. And so those are the things I'm going to be sharing with you. But I just have to say that if you have the opportunity and I am not affiliated with HPX in any way, I don't get a kickback for promoting his event at this time, hopefully there's some way to do that because you know, I would love to promote his event in the future, but 
as of now, this is just me telling you if you can if you can choose any event that you can take a spouse or a loved one or a significant other to, please go to HBX together next year. I'm telling you, it was so good. Anyway, let me dig into the actual takeaways and truth bombs. So the first one that I put a star by, and if you hear me making noise, I'm actually turning pages in my notebook, walking you guys through all of this, is what are your end of life questions? And, you know, you think like, oh yeah, when I die, hopefully like I live this good life and and I hope that I've done all the things. And Brendan's saying, after decades of, of really helping people when they're in hospice care, kind of at the end of their life, wherever they live, in many different countries, so many different religions. And this event, sidebar, the most diverse, eclectic group of people in an event that I have ever experienced. There were every religion. There was every ethnicity. There was men, women. There were straight. There was not straight. There was like people that were blue collar, white collar. I was with some chick that was a multimillionaire in one of our groups, like every walk of life. And I thought it was so cool to see all of God's children in one room. There was no barrier. There was no judgment. It was just the most incredible flow of love. And I sound like I'm a hippie right now, but of like peaceful energy. (laughs) It was like love and peace and hugs. And I freaking loved it. It was cool to see that. I've never seen that before. So... Anyway, just that's kind of how you know I knew like this is going to be an event for me because it it brought me this feeling of pride to see this person, which now makes it realistic for all of us. If Brendan can do it, so can we. Can break down barriers, political and religious barriers, so that there's nothing but love, growth, transformation, happiness, inspiration, motivation, like ideas and open conversation between 2,500 different people from 40 different flipping countries, you guys. Talk about doing work for the kingdom. And I thought it was so amazing because Brendan wasn't afraid to talk about his faith and how he believes in God, but he did it in such a tactful way that that's what opens people's eyes. It was him being kind And not being judgmental and not putting up a wall and saying, you know, you're not allowed because you believe in a different this or that or you have a different blank. He was just so loving. So that really, for me, embodied the type of world-class coach, leader, mentor, hopefully speaker, author that I want to become one day. And I just really took away from that. I wanted to share that with you all, that if you're looking for an event like that, Because a lot of the events we go to are very niche, right? They're for podcasters or they're for female entrepreneurs or even Christian entrepreneurs. They're very niche, which I think is extremely important for us because we're able to learn and grow faster because it's specific to who we are and all of our Lolas, quote unquote. But it's also really cool to go to something like that at least once in your life and just feel the beauty in diversity. Okay, back to point number one is what are my end of life questions? While Brendan's hanging out with these peeps that are like at the end of their lives, they all said one thing. I wish I had more time. I really wish I just had one more day. One more day to tell those people I love them. One more day with my kids. One more day with my wife. I wish I could spend 
more time reaching for the dreams that I was afraid to do. And you know what the core thing or the common denominator is in all of those sentences? More time. They never said more money. They never said, I wish I had gotten that yacht. They never said, you know, I wish I had a million likes on Instagram because none of that crap, none of it matters. So he asked us, actually, he didn't ask us, but he said, I want you to consider what your end of life questions are. And then I want you to ask yourself those questions every single day. So it was like, for me, just this peaceful God moment. And he whispered my questions into my heart. And I knew immediately I grabbed my pen and I wrote down five questions that I am now asking myself on a daily basis to make my life more meaningful. Because without meaning, we can't go do incredible work here. We won't show up in a big way. Like meaning is the driver of everything. So here are my questions. Number one, was I an intentional present wife today? Number two, was I an intentional present mom today? Number three, did I inspire joy or spark kindness today? Number four, was I healthy and loving towards myself? And number five, did I serve and work for God today? If I can live my life by those five questions, I think I'm going to be really fulfilled at the end of it all. The next thing I put a star next to was the, the concept of being a role model in your life. Not just a role model for your kids necessarily, but a role model for your spouse, a role model for humanity a role model for your clients, for the people that follow you. If you were literally living your life every day, the most impactful type of role model, the person that you would want to look up to, what would that look like? And then what were three things you would need to change to become that person? So I thought this exercise was so eye-opening. And one thing, a couple things for me that I wrote down, number one was to stop being judgmental. And I think I'm pretty good here, but on a daily basis, yo, like I'm judging something. I'm judging someone. I'm judging a situation. I'm judgmental of why someone's late or why they did something that way or why that podcaster said something that. Like I just am always judging and I hate that. I'm like, stop it. So I told my husband, I'm like, if you hear me judge at all, I want you to call me out on it because – If I'm going to be the best role model possible for all of you and for my kids and even just be the best person I can be, the best human I can be, I don't want to judge anymore. So that was one thing I wrote down. I also wrote down more of him and less of me. So checking my ego and not doing something for my own benefit, but really making sure that God asked me to do that thing before I went and did that thing. And then the third one I said was no more excuses for not giving more. When I think of the people that I look up to the most, they are selfless servants. I'm talking giving heartfelt human beings that are here to serve other people, to teach other people, to do one more kind thing for someone to make their day better, to leave things better than they found them, and on and on. That type of human is the type of human that I want to be. 
when I look back on it all, if I can answer those five questions and I can say that I was a role model at my highest possible level, these are three things I would need to change. So I would encourage all of you to come up with your questions and then to write down three things maybe you need to work on that would help you to become a little bit better. Oh my gosh. Okay, the next one, number three. This is so good. And I am so passionate about this one. So Brendan brought up that distraction is stealing our lives. Let me say that again. Distraction is stealing your life. Right now, we've got this thing going on that we have so many choices. There's so many things we can do to grow our business, to lose weight, to be healthy. So many choices. We have the internet literally at our fingertips. We have a computer in our pocket at all times of the day. And so the problem with that is we're so hyper distracted. And it's not that achievement is the problem, like, oh, we can't do something. It's that we're not aligned and there's too many choices. We're so busy, but it's undirected busyness. You know what I mean? And so I think the big concept here is that we have to choose to stop living our lives distracted. And some of the things for me that are extremely distracting is having my phone in my hand because a thought will come in and I immediately am able to Google it. It's a blessing, but it's also a curse. Another one, social media. I get in to like answer something in one of my groups or to one of my students. And 10 minutes later, I'm like scrolling. I'm like, no, this is distraction at its best. This is, I believe, distraction is one of the tools that the enemy uses to pull us away from doing kingdom work. Because kingdom work is not browsing the internet. Kingdom work is not deactivating the brain by going on social media. Kingdom work is creating content. Kingdom work is teaching, inspiring, mentoring, coaching, laughing, connection, meaning, sitting with friends, lighting people up, lifting people up, playing with your kids, pouring into your spouse, having conversations with people that you love. That is kingdom work. And I am done letting distraction still from me. Now, not from the conference, just from me, some some tips that I want to gift you here is figure out your schedule, okay? Rework your schedule so that you own your life, you own your day. I delete the social media apps every weekend, you guys, even at the conference. I wasn't even on that much. I deleted them anyway because I want it to be an intentional practice that is non-negotiable for me. So delete the apps. Get Don't even set the timers because you'll just ignore it. Believe me, I do. Delete them. I then plan in as well certain work times where I'm allowed to be on my phone. Yes, allowing myself. I have to be that strict. I also am now intentionally working on not multitasking, which is something that's very easy for me. And I used to think of it as a gift. Because I can. I can gangster out a lot of ish at one time. But that is not fair to each project. That is not honoring my child when he comes to speak to me and I'm writing an email. That is not honoring my husband when we sit down to have dinner together and I need to just write down this one last thing. You know what I mean? Like I want to honor not only projects, but people, but time. I want to honor relationships better. And so 
I'm really intentionally uh, working on focusing on one thing at a time. So right now, I am sitting in my office. I am recording this podcast for you. My phone is off. Away, I can't even touch it. It's away from me. All the ringers in my home are off. I don't have any other windows open on my computer because you deserve my heart right now. You. And I'm going to do that with my children. When they come speak to me, I'm going to put down whatever it is I'm doing and hear them. And when I'm working, I'm going to make sure that that's time when I can actually work, where I'm removing myself to the office and shutting and locking the door, or I'm going to a coffee shop. And I believe me, this is not going to be 100%, but this is going to be 100% better effort to be more mindful of this practice. Okay? So maybe those will help you also put a stop to letting distractions steal from you because it is. It's crazy. All right, this one I loved. Okay, this one I absolutely loved. It was, we have so many things, okay, guys, that help us with performance, right? We have consistency. We have new creative ideas. We have habits. We have routines. We have systems. And we have rituals. And out of all of that, Brendan, through research, lots and lots of research that they do as a company, They have found that the habit portion, like the actual routine, ritual, and habit that you implement longer than a 30-plus day period is what is most important. Example, how am I going to impact the world when it comes to my podcast? I want to help millions of women create a life that is like literally God ordained for them, that is in line with their calling, that is joyful. And then I want these women to be exceptional in showing up for their kids and family in a present mindful way and then teaching their kids to be kingdom soldiers for Jesus so that we create this ripple effect of incredible generational change. What? From a podcast? (laughs) Yeah, I came there this weekend. That's how crazy this event was for me. I went ahead and went there. Woo. So I got some work to do over the next decade, but I'm here for it. But my point is, if I'm going to do that, if I'm going to touch millions of women, and it all starts with my message, my service of her, I have to habitually show up. I have to be consistently showing up to my routine of content. And so what I'm going to do is... And this came from Brendan's training as well, is 60% of my actual work time, quote unquote, must be service. It's got to be the content, the coaching, the outpour of my heart to you, the transfer of energy, the transfer of knowledge every week, every single week, potentially every day. 60% of my work time every week must be in line with habits, routines, and rituals that serve my Lola. That is how, that is how I impact you so that you go impact change. Because if I can impact change by myself, that's one thing. But if I can impact millions of you to go impact millions of women, now 
Now we are on a crusade for Jesus. Now we're looking at revival. Now we are actually doing kingdom work. Yeah. And now the the prayers and roar in heaven is going crazy. And they are saying, holy smokes, no pun intended. These women are on fire for Jesus and their mission. That, my friend, is insanely powerful. And it all comes down to the habit, the boring old habit of showing up over and over, and over, and over, and over, and over, and over, and and over again. Okay, we'll move on. (laughs) The next one. So you know how there's this question, this age-old question of like, at the end of your life, or whatever, midlife crisis, whatever it might be, you would ask yourself, like, have I been the most successful I can be? Or have I been the best that I can be? Okay, how about, and this was one of the points I put a star by that they that Brendan brought up. They said to him, hey, bud, you know, here he is sitting on this 20 plus million dollar empire, multiple companies, hundreds of employees, hundreds and hundreds of employees. Like, it's crazy. And all these people look at him and they don't say, hey, yo, like, you've just blown it out of the water. Like, you've done things better than anybody. You've done things you know, the most unique of everyone. No, they all came back to Brendan and he said what he hears the most is you do things the happiest. And like this guy, y'all, like he is happy. Like he is dancing. He's energetic. He's funny. He's light. He's quirky. He owns his weird. And like y'all know, I am all about me some weird. And so I so appreciate that as he grew and grew and grew and continued to do his call here on earth and impact people and teach people how to be high performers, he didn't change who he was. He didn't go after money necessarily. He didn't go after that. He went after meaning and he went after happiness and joy and fulfillment. And so to me, that question is non-negotiable. Have I done things the happiest? And so I wanted to transfer that to you because I think that's such a beautiful question to ask yourself. Am I showing up today the happiest and the most joyful that I can? Not the most productive, not the most hardworking, not the most income producing, but the happiest. And that kind of goes in line with the next star that I put. And actually, so we had another speaker come out the second day and her name is Jamie Kern Lima Holy smokes, you guys. She is the CEO of It Cosmetics. You've probably heard her. She's starting to really move into the personal development space in a big way. She spoke for Rachel Hollis. She spoke for Brendan. Um, She's friends with a lot of the podcasters that I follow. So she's really getting getting into this space for good reason. She's amazing. Her story was, holy smokes, the roof was blown off. Legit. Like, she was great. But two of the stars that I took from her... Um, keynote was that you can't fake authenticity. And we've heard this before, but I really want you guys to think about what that means for you. It means to me not changing my mission based on growth or success or society or, hey, somebody else is showing up on, on Instagram stories 50 times a day and she's really successful and she grew really quickly. So I have to do that. Because maybe being authentic to me means not getting on on Instagram that often. Maybe authentic to me is deleting the apps on the weekend. Maybe authentic to me is showing up 
without any makeup on, which y'all know, I'm going to own that forever. Maybe being authentic to me is wearing my gym clothes all day or my PJs all day. And maybe authentic to someone else is having their makeup and hair done before they go on video. But but not faking your authenticity, appreciating your differences, your weirdness, your story, and also I think respecting other people's authenticity as well. Just noting like everybody's different and I don't think there's ever a space where somebody's secret sauce can't shine. Which brings me to the second thing she said, which was don't dilute your secret sauce. Play the long game. There was a lot, a a big part of her story where she shared that, you know, because she owned who she was and her size and her, she has rosacea as well. And these people would tell her, hey, someone that looks like you, her words, not mine, her words. And they came to her and said, or someone of your size cannot sell this product. I mean, you should have heard the audience, you guys. Woo, talk about a bunch of angry women up in there. But but she said, no, I'm not going to hire, you know, the 22-year-old model to sell this because that's not who it's for. She knew that women were screaming and desperately craving a real woman to step up and talk about why this product made her feel confident and to, that looked like her, that wasn't quote unquote perfect or fit or a certain ethnicity or whatever that might be. And so she said, I'm not diluting who I am and the message that I'm being called to share. And it took her years of no and doors getting slammed in her face because they wanted her to do it a certain way. But she was not willing to budge. And because she wasn't willing to budge and because she wasn't willing to give up, even after multiple no's and even after no more money in the bank and no more no more doors opening, it felt like, and everything going wrong, she stayed true to her secret sauce, which was the mission that God had asked her, her to do, honestly, and, and the product that she f- believed in fiercely. And at the end of it all, <laughs> the end of a decade, they cashed out for $1.4 billion, with a B, billion dollars, and she is now one of the CEOs of L'Oreal Cosmetics. Uh, I think that goes to show us there is something to be said about staying true to who you know you are and not being afraid of going against the grain. Don't be afraid of it. There are things I have faced already in my, I feel like, small sphere of the internet, tiny little corner where people judge me for being a Christian and whatever, being open to all the things I'm open to. I love human beings and I don't judge people and I don't believe in putting up barriers and walls based on anything, you know, like I love every human being equally. And I'm also a Christian and I also listen to some rap music and I also probably drink too much coffee. You know what I mean? Like I am not a perfect human, but here's the thing. God didn't ask us to be perfect. He asked us to have good, pure hearts. And he said, above all is love. So I'm not willing to dilute my secret sauce. Are you? Okay, okay, this next one's so good. This is about overcoming doubt. So there were some questions that Brendan asked. I don't want to go through them all, but there's one core idea here that I loved. So we're all super doubtful when we do anything new, yeah? And a lot of times our doubt is coming from the fear of being judged. 
my husband won't understand or my mom's going to judge me or my coworkers aren't going to get it. Like I'm in this one sphere. I'm a mortgage broker, but I'm moving into, you know, Christian podcasting. Everybody's going to, who is she to Christian podcast? She's a mortgage broker. Like you're so caught up in what you think people are going to say or think about you. And Brendan, are you ready for this? He brought up the most amazing truth bomb. Like if you don't hear me on anything else, hear me on this one, okay? No one knows you. (laughs) No one knows you. Let me say that again. No one knows you. No one knows you. (laughs) I love this so much because it's even me. You know, I'll be like, oh, should I post that? Or like, do I look weird? And I have to remember like, no one knows me. Nobody cares. Nobody's looking at me. Like, whatever. And it was it's so liberating once you realize, like, people aren't looking at you. People are only looking at themselves. Like, when's the last time you showed up on social media and you were like, wow, that chick's hair looks really bad today. I should, like, you know, tell her. Like, we don't care. Yet we show up on social media and we look at our own hair and we're like, oh my gosh, my hair looks crazy right now. I shouldn't, I'm not going to go live. Like my hair is too crazy. I have mascara all over. I think I'm just talking about myself, you guys. Okay. Like you're like, no, you're talking about you because your mascara is always all over and your hair is always crazy. (laughs) That's my point. Like nobody cares. Nobody cares. And so I thought this was such a beautiful thing to remind yourself, like before you show up somewhere, before you think you're scared to post the podcast episode or push, you know, publish on the blog or take that first step in a new direction or you're pivoting, remember, no one knows you and they probably don't care. It's kind of this harsh reality, but such a beautiful freeing reality to know that if nobody cares, you are totally free to do anything. Thing you want here on earth that God has asked you to do. And if God's asked you to do it, it's also your responsibility. And so you really should let that sink in because I loved it. There One night at the hotel at the event, it was like late. We got out super late. It was like 8.30 and we're hungry. And my husband's like, hey, there, let's go downstairs to the restaurant. Well, the downstairs restaurant was like super bougie. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. And so like we're starving. So I just put my hair up. I'm wearing, I all I had left that was clean was like these kind of like PJ balloon pants and this mismatched shirt. I don't know what I was thinking when I was packing. Anyway, I'm like, I look at him I'm like, okay, I'm ready. And I mean, it was pretty funny guys. Like my hair was cray. I had no makeup except for like the day old mascara. My clothes didn't match. I'm like, do you think people are going to like think I'm weird? Like, look at this. And he was like, no one knows you. I'm like, hell yeah, buddy. Let's go get some food. Let's get some lobster. Anyway, I thought it was liberating and I hope you like that. The next thing I put a star by is something really tactical that you can implement and need to implement ASAP. Okay. So Brendan's whole thing, and you guys know that I'm really big on this as well, is doing less, automating, delegating, getting rid of it completely if you can. And he brought up this concept that I was already on board with, but I want to reiterate it for you. Three to five things in your day that have to do with your business actually matters. 
you, there's a very high probability, I'd probably bet on it, that 40% of what you are doing in your work time, which is limited for us as moms, is waste. It's nonsense. It doesn't move the needle for you at all. There's 40% of what you're doing that needs to go. And I put a big star by this because you got to inventory your life. You've got to reclaim your life's agenda. Wealth could exist for you if you were ready to let go of maintaining all the things and getting lost in all the distraction, the minutia that doesn't matter, the back end stuff that is not impacting your growth. If you just let it go, let it go. We are letting other people's demands reactions. We are letting social media and scrolling steal from us, steal our life, steal our present moments with our kids, steal the income that we could be earning by showing up, steal the joy, meaning, and fulfillment that comes from producing and not just consuming. Yeah? So here's the thing. If you want to be more productive in your life and get to your vision faster, you've got to take a serious inventory, sister friend, of what you're doing during your work time. I think I have an entire episode on this, but let me reiterate for you right here, right now. You got to map out what you do for at least 48 hours in your work time. Ignore the rest. Right now, let's look at work. Let's say you have four hours a day of work, quote unquote time. In that amount of time, what are you doing? What are you actually doing? Are you flumping around the internet? Flumping? Are you flumping? Flumping around the internet? That's what we're going to call it from now. Don't flump, okay? We're not going to flump around the internet looking at all the different ways. What is a sales funnel? And should I set that up when you haven't even started your content vessel yet? No, you don't need an email funnel. No, you do not need social media marketing when you haven't even started producing content on an ongoing basis on a podcast, blog, or YouTube. No, you don't need new fancy branding. You just need to show up and serve. No, we don't need to figure out the best lead magnet and create 27 different kinds of lead magnet when nobody's coming to the landing page. Am I right? If I'm striking a chord with you right now and you're annoyed by me, write it down because that means you specifically have got to reclaim your life's agenda. I have been there. I still find myself there sometimes, but I've gotten so much more intentional about what I'm filling up those, guys, priceless work hours, priceless. I got a three-year-old. I've got a six-year-old. I work from home. I, granted, I have so much help and I'm immensely grateful, but of the four to five hours of work time that I have, there is a minimum. I am committing. Right here and now, right hand up. I hope you're with me. That 60% of my time every day of those five hours are going to be content producing, income producing, uh, service of my clients, service of my students, course creation. Like if I am not helping solve Lola's problems, that doesn't count. I can do that any other old day of the week. I want to solve and serve and transform you guys. 
And if I don't take 60% of my time to serve you, what's it for? What is it for? What is a fancier landing page for? What is another, you know, system in the back office? What is another like organizational folder? Does any of that matter if you guys are not seeing transformation? No, not to me because my my call here is you. So what's your call? How are you showing up for it? What are you wasting time doing? And again, I want you to really seriously look at the time you're spending on your phone, mindlessly disengaging your mind by scrolling, by commenting to other people's random stuff in groups that doesn't benefit your life, your business, or bring you joy in any way, but you're just doing it because you're sitting there bored. Stop the madness. Your family deserves more of you. Your business deserves more of you. You deserve more of you. Your spouse, like I could go on and on about all the time my phone has stolen from me. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I've been done with it, but now I'm really done with it. I hope you're with me. I hope you're with me. I hope that that message hits your heart and you are ready to do that heart check. But more importantly, you're ready to do the work to change the behavior and to delete the apps. If I can do it, so can you, okay? I promise you, you can do this. To put it down unless it's time, the time you've set up in your calendar to go create content on Instagram or Facebook, to go into your group and collaborate with other incredible human beings, but to do it mindfully and with intention. Okay, that was fun. Let's go to the next one, yeah? Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this one is so much fun. Because I do this one really well. <laughs> I was like, ooh, 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 me, me, me. I do this one. So Brendan asked the audience, he's like, how many of you, be honest, every month you write down all of your goals for that month in each category of your life that would create a harmonious life for you, harmonious, harmonious, harmonious. And then at the end of the month, you go to that page and you revisit it and you say, did I hit these goals? You evaluate you uh, work the goals so that next month they can maybe make more sense. You highlight the things that are and aren't working. Like who is really doing this on a monthly basis on the first and end of every single month? I shot up so fast, you guys. I was like, one thing I'm really good at. Yeah. I'm like stood up. Guess what? Out of a room of like roughly 2,800 people, give or take, he counted because there was only 50 three of us, 53 people that were willing to make goal setting and goal inventorying a serious part of their life. And he called this something so amazing. I totally wish I had come up with this first. But Brendan said, you guys, your monthly goals and when you actually care about them and you go back and revisit them and you take daily and weekly action to do them, it's the battle board to attaining all of your dreams. So while I do that well, obviously, a lot of people don't. So in case those people, one of you, you, maybe you fit into that category. And I want to tell you, there is not a year where my vision statement hasn't become at least 70% truth and reality for me in the last six years. 
except for my Britney Spears circuit breakdown year. Okay. That was an outlier. And I attribute that to my consistent planning, my consistent goal setting in my, in my paper planner, my old school planner, mapping out the monthly goals, mapping out the weekly goals. Everything's tied to the vision. Everything's tied to the vision. If I have a vision of my life a year from now, what do I need to do to attain it? And it's a vision for harmony in my life, for kids and self and health and relationship and my husband and intimacy with him and my kids and like spirituality and what I need to do to serve God. Like all of those goals are there. And I look at that every month and that is how I achieve them. Because we can't fly blind and think we're going to step into a vision over our life. You just don't like magically manifest random things in your life. You create out of intention and action. And clarity comes by doing things that you know will get you to the end result. So planning, 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 a big one. And it was confirmed by the limited number of people (laughs) that stood up in that room. Last one. There are so many, you guys. I could literally go on and on for probably like 20 years. (sighs) Not really. That'd be long and awkward. But I could go on, on about this stuff. Love this stuff. But here's one more thing I want to leave you with. This came from our secrets to persuasion and sales portion of the conference. I'm telling you, it had it all. Here we are. Okay, we're showing up in the world. We're all online marketing. We're growing brands and businesses. We are doing podcasts, most of us. And we're really trying to impact. We're trying to train and teach and help. But we're also trying to make money, right? There's some type of implementation solution that you know of that will help your listener, your client, your customer. And you are charging money for that as you should because hello, this is the world we live in and we are allowed to charge what we are worth for things that will help other human beings because we are good at something and they may not be that good at it yet. So they want to learn from us. They need our help. They need our services, right? Well, here's the problem. We show up and we sell the thing. Example. Oh my gosh, I am super excited, you guys. I am selling this organic skin cream. It has four different ingredients that are helpful to your life and your helpful to your life, helpful to your skin and will make you feel incredible and you are going to be transformed and oh my gosh, it's on sale. You're going to love it. And we shut it down and then we go into whatever we're doing and we don't make any sales. And we wonder why we're not making any sales. And Brendan oh my gosh, have this incredibly breakthrough idea. This actually came from Dean Graziosi, who I also really like, Graziosi, something like that. Dean Graziosi. And the idea is you don't sell something to your avatar, right? To your Lola. You've got to sell something and speak to your avatar's world. You got to make it about the world that they live in. Example, let me give you a visualization because we all know visual learning up in here. Oh my gosh, you guys, how would it feel if you were able to walk out of the house with no makeup on at all? Your skin was so clear, glowing, vibrant. You felt so confident in the health of your skin. People were asking you, what are you doing differently? What if 
you just felt happier and, and more vibrant in who you were because of your skin. Imagine how that would feel for a second. I want you to know that's been happening to me. And the only thing I've changed is the skincare products. I got rid of the products that had all the chemicals in it. And I transitioned to this four ingredient organic product. And I feel like a new woman and I love it. I wanted to share that with you guys because if you've been struggling with that, I want you to let me know and so I can share this product with you. It's been so amazing. The experiences that I've had, please send me a DM. Let me share it with you. Does that feel different? Is your mind blown? Mine too. Mine too. My sales girls, my sisters, all of us that love sales and marketing. What if we made it about her world? Because as women, we are emotional humans and we care and we feel and we don't really care about a product. At least I don't. But I truly care about transforming my my confidence, the way I feel. When you visualize something for me as a visual learner, I am listening more aptly. I'm ready to spend money when something makes me feel like I can get to a end result. When I can see how I feel, oh my gosh, I feel more confident with my husband because my skin or whatever. We're making it about their world. Oh my gosh, that was such a beautiful tip and mindset shift for me when it comes to sales and marketing that I had to share with you. So I'm going to leave it there. I did have so many more notes, but you guys, those are really the ones that I think stuck out to me the most. And I really, truly hope that these have helped you in some way. I hope that you're able to implement some of these ideas, that they inspired you, maybe that they triggered something in you that you need to change. That is so important too. I never want to be the podcast that is light and fluffy and it makes you feel like you can just run around in, and jump on the clouds and do amazing things and it's going to rain money because that's that's not truth. Truth is doing the hard things, my friend, doing the hard things, beautiful girl, that will create you the life that God wants for you, that will create for you transformation, that will create for you glory and abundance and God's favor and happiness and peace and fulfillment and meaning. Dang it. Like I want all of that for you. And sometimes that takes inner work and that takes being really truthful about yourself and your ego or the behaviors that you are allowing to steal from you, right? The distractions that we allow to come in and take away from the precious time that we have here on earth for real connection, real true relationship with everybody that we love. So I want to go ahead and be audacious at the risk, at the risk of making you uncomfortable or triggering you to actually do the work. I'm willing to be that person for you. And I hope that you know that I'm doing it with love and that I hope your life is better for it. I just want to pray over you, sunshine, that whatever you heard in this recap that you need to internalize, that God gives you the grace, that he gives you the clear answer to how to make that change, that he gives you the strength to make that change, that you're able to hold God's hand and know that his plan is ultimately so much better than yours and that you're willing to trust it. 
You're willing to get out of the way. You're willing to let go of society, of social media. You're willing to let go of what everyone else is telling you you need to do. And you're willing to get in line with what God wants you to do. And you're willing to do it now. I pray for your strength. I pray for your resilience. I pray that you know how important you are to his mission here. I pray that you realize you are an incredibly important piece to the puzzle, to true ripple that we can that we can create together as this sisterhood, as my sisterhood. And I'm so grateful for you that you are here, that you are with me. And I want you to know I love you so much and I will see you soon. As always, love and light, Steph. If you like Mama Soap, leave a review. Pretty please. Hey mama, real quick before you go. If you found value in today's podcast and you learned something new, take a screenshot for me, post it up in your Instagram stories, and be sure to tag me because together we can empower, educate, and shift the way that mamas look at life because sister friend, we actually can have it all. Let's claim it.